0: Welcome to the Supplement Engineer Podcast. My name is Robert Shnesky. Rejoining the show, longtime industry veteran, ingredient pioneer, and all-around smartass, Mr. Bruce Neller. How are you, Bruce? Uh, I got an ear infection. I
1: had surgery on my ear last week. I'm a little bloated because I'm on prednisone and a little grumpy and emotional, but other than that, I'm doing good. So uh, (laughs) you may get some some interesting commentary out of me today. How does that sound? Exciting stuff. Juicy,
0: Juicy and spicy. We are already off the rails. We are less than a minute into the podcast. I think that's a new record. There you go. I'm pretty sure that's a new one. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully the uh the surgery and everything is going all right with the ear and you can hear well enough to uh what? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, Bruce, catch us up on the wire. I reached out to you after uh, seeing the news come across 3D, stack three D that they've secured exclusive distribution for uh pump 3d pump and a few of other ingredients you have going forward so why don't you walk us through what's been going on with all of that and, and bring us up to speed on maybe what new research i'll have going on yeah sure absolutely
1: uh love to do it thank you for the opportunity i appreciate that uh i
0: think you're gonna be talking to Brandon anyway
1: and
0: so. next week we've got a podcast lined up so uh yeah. brendan soika will be coming on
1: amazing guy really really amazing but you, you already know that um maybe about six months ago we sort of realized that uh you know, Dr. Zygopoulos, Dr. Lopez, and myself—maybe uh, we're the right guys to do the operational stuff and market and, and sell. We're better off with ideation and R and D and regulatory legal stuff. I mean, we were basically doing stuff with like sticky notes and Excel spreadsheets. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was stuff that really wasn't like—I I don't want like you know Tim Zygopoulos, who's a PhD, to like be you know booking trucks and filling out bills of ladings. It, it was. It wasn't going smoothly. Okay. And um, that combined with things in the economy and in the industry, uh, it just made it more and more difficult. So, uh, Hector at the time had worked with uh, Nutrition on Smart Prime. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, Hey, this guy is really, really on point. He's really, really good. He's bright. He's honest. He's uh, a great businessman. He's got an MBA. Um, maybe we can. I don't want to call it merge because we're still two separate companies, but maybe we can sort of uh, enter into a marriage, so to speak, with yeah. with his company and offload a lot of the things that he could do better than we could do to give us more time to, to move other things forward because there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, you know, Hector's endorsement to me and to Tim is is all I needed to really hear. Okay. I mean, if, if Hector says the guy's gold, you know, you can take him yeah. to the, the guy's gold. So, uh, but we did talk to him for a while uh we we hashed out a an agreement with him and then unfortunately Hector passed away uh the day after Thanksgiving. So things kind of got a little bit hairy for a while. But with Hector's unfortunate passing, uh it became even more evident to to Tim and myself that we needed somebody to really, you know, take the reins on the marketing and sales end of this and, and be more of the you know, that face of the company to like, you know, give Tim more time to do clinical research and other research and me more time to go digging through stuff and, you know, uh, maybe doing preclinical stuff and, uh, you know, working on patent filings and whatnot. So uh, mm-hmm. we ended up uh, doing that. So yeah, uh, Nutrature will be, or is now actually, the exclusive distributor of 3D Pump Breakthrough. Uh, so all of our existing customers and new customers will be placing their orders through Brandon. And paying his company instead of us, and uh, he'll be arranging for, you know, shipping and whatnot. I mean, he, he's just real tech savvy and uh, just so much ahead of the game than, than us older guys. That you know, it, it was definitely a, it was the right thing to do. Plus, as I said, he's a tremendous guy. He's a really nice guy, and he's really, really smart. So um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna take over that, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, in the meantime. We, we did finish our, uh, you probably have seen some little teasers about us. We finished our clinical study on 3D pump breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Right uh, it's in peer review now. So you can't say a whole lot about it. Okay. As much as I'm dying to. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I would have loved to have just dumped the entire study data table set on you and let you go through it and, yeah. and answer questions. And
0: that would be so much fun to do that. But obviously, you understand why I can't right now. Okay. Right. What is the the reason for that? I don't know if we've ever been able to to discuss for the listeners. Like on the back end, we've had conversations, but for the the listeners' edification, why can't you discuss that? I mean, it's obviously it's not as binding as like a legal trial or a criminal trial where you're not going to go to jail if you oh, divulge the study. Right. Them, so what's going most, on with that?
1: Most academic journals, uh, of any kind of note, okay. They don't want you to release any information or very limited information about a clinical study until they've reviewed it and published it. They want to be first. So, in exchange for, I don't want to say this is going to sound a little snotty, for the honor of of, of them, you know, publishing your stuff in their, you know, well respected and amazing journal, you know, you, you, they, they get to be first. So that's kind of why they do it. Uh, the other issue is they don't want you to release the raw data. Uh, because they're going to edit it, right? And they, right. They, they may feel that people will, you know, they're going to take our, I think we have 127 pages, believe it or not. It's wow. big, it's a big file. You know, it's going to get cut down to six pages, right? So they, they want to be the ones that decide what, what, what everybody really gets to see rather than you getting to see every little thing. Um, and to be honest with you, most people don't need to see 127 pages. And most people, when they're looking at, at scientific journals, are just reading the abstract anyway, which is not the right thing to do. You should read the whole thing. Absolutely. I go, I go right to the stats section. It's the first thing I do. Okay, but um, there's no real reason for for most people to, in this day and age, how many people are going to read like a 130 page report anyway, right? Correct. Right. I mean, if I can't fit it on a tweet, <laughs> 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 right. But we, we did, uh, without getting too specific, a couple of things that we did release, okay mm-hmm. uh, not really release, but we let out of the bag, is obviously the comparator was 8 grams of uh, vegan source citrulline to a full 6 gram dose, you know, a dose of 3D pump breakthrough. You know? So that's pure L-citrulline, just for clarification? Okay. Yes, just L-citrulline. Okay, well, citrulline, L-citrulline, citrulline, same thing. Okay. Right. um. It, Realistically, there was nothing – how do I phrase this about <laughs> getting myself in trouble and blowing our peer review? Um, the 8 grams of L-citrulline was not superior to 3D pump breakthrough. Okay, And, you know, Ben Kane kind of picked up on this right away, something that we let out. Ben, Ben's a smart guy too. He, he saw this and went, ah, there's something here. And you know what I'm going to say. That is the uh, S8, well, not the s the AE rate in the citrulline group was like 50% higher than in the 3D pop group. Okay. And um, Ben said this, Ben Ben is speculating that it's probably all GI related stuff because he, spec- he says, well, when people take, you know, these big Cadillac pre-workouts with eight grams of citrulline or 10 grams of citrulline and a bunch of other stuff they get, you know, GI problems, uh, yeah.
0: you know, I mean, maybe Ben's right. Okay. Ben. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, we, we've got generally, like when you get up upper dosage, anything above 10 grams is where the GI effects usually kick in. That's on average, though. So obviously there's going to be outliers. Some people react even worse to, you know, they might react just as bad to six grams of pure citrulline. And that's why we've seen a full range of affected dosages of it between as low as 2.4 up to 10. Now we know 10 the end cap, but that's, for the average individual, you got somebody like Chris Bum said probably could take 10 or 15 grams of L-citrulline and be fine with it where a normal 170, 200 pound guy can't handle that much or his body's going to metabolize it, convert it and excrete it or, you know, be running in the bathroom for it. So, yeah, that's a, a very valid point indeed.
1: I, I would say, you know, again, not without getting very specific, that if you look at the little video that Ben made, yeah. that he might be onto something, okay, which will be important because, I mean, if you're a supplement brand or even a consumer, do you really, you know, even if if you want that pump, if you want, you know, a big dose of citrulline, right? Do you really want to feel sick, have nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea, or would you rather have something that could give you, you know, you know, similar results? We'll say, right. okay, and and that has a, you know, about a fifty percent reduction in the uh, the nausea, vomiting, and the GI stuff. So, I mean, me personally, I don't like feeling sick and throwing up and stuff like that. So it's just something, it's just something that, you know, Ben said this, not me. So we'll, Ben, I'm not blaming you. I just,
0: <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put the disclaimer, Ben Kane ben approved. Of it. Ben, <laughs> Cain approved. Right. Now, uh,
1: ben picked up on that and uh, you know, maybe Ben's right. So that's that. So I mean, the study, it took a long time. Uh, it ended up enrolling, uh there were 28 completers okay we, we tried for 30 but it was just it just became really difficult one of the things we, we were forced to do this is going to sound a little sexist but we were forced to enroll a significant amount of women by the irb okay yeah. um and it's very difficult to have women in a clinical trial because you have to synchronize their menstrual, menstrual cycles especially we're looking at things like you know pump which is water-based right i mean think right. about a woman at the wrong time of the month okay that's retaining water i mean her, her pump's going to be different than, than <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah. trying not to be too crude. I'm just trying to be scientific. No, it's, it's, yeah.
0: it's a valid point. There are differences between the sexes and there are certain things women have to consider on a regular basis that guys don't have to.
1: Right. So, I mean, if you want to enroll a woman, okay, and, and she's supposed to be here on like the, say the 14th day of her cycle, and she doesn't show up, you got to wait a whole month for her to come back again. Right. Yeah. So it took, it took longer than we wanted to do. Uh, the good news is, Uh, you know, women do use pre-workouts and they use Mm -hmm. all kinds of supplements like men do, right? So now women can say, okay, well, I mean, this is not yet another study on uh, a pre-workout on guys, you know, a significant amount of people in the study that were enrolled and completed were women, and this was the effect we saw. So it's for us too. So, I mean, uh, I hate the, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of a thing, but (laughs) It, it was a very inclusive study because of, yeah. you know, it was, it was, when you see it, I think you'll be surprised at the, the diverse uh, study population, which is always a good thing. You know I mean? You, you definitely want to get uh, it, as much uh, diversity as you can in a study because you don't, you want to make sure that it works for everybody. And, Agreed. Just-
0: and females are a significant portion of the supplement purchasing population. Absolutely. So it, it makes sense. And there's just from, you know, if anybody that does a cursory glance through most of the literature most of it's in like 18 to 35 year old dudes uh there's not like and you can make extensions that yeah if it's going to work in a guy th- there's pretty big similarities between guys and girls but there's also some pretty big differences so if we can get more research in females because there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out recently on uh creatine and caffeine especially in females and they can handle some pretty high doses i mean like you think on a one-to-one ratio that yeah. they but, I mean, up even upwards of that nine milligrams per kilogram amount of caffeine for females is well-tolerated, safe, effective. Obviously, there's individual variability in there. But, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see some of those similar effects. Like, we've postulated that and theorized it for a while, but to see it realized in the research is, is another good thing, too.
1: Yeah. So, another good thing about this study is when it finally gets published mm-hmm. and it's, it you know, the Internet, everybody sees it it's, it's, it's Brandon who's going to have to field all the phone calls, not me. So <laughs> there you go, Brandon. That's why we hire you. <laughs> Cause, cause I, I don't want to be the guy that has to field all the text, emails, and phone calls. That's you're the sales and marketing guru. So <laughs> that'll be, that'll be your job. Right. Uh, but I, I think when people see it, uh, a lot of people that have been like kicking tires, so to speak, and mm-hmm. sitting on the fence about, do I really want to put this ingredient uh, in my, my pre-workout or my pump product or some other product? Mm -hmm. uh people are going to be a little bit more willing to incorporate it into their product line because now they have proof right that it right it does or doesn't do something or there's there's a benefit or not a benefit over uh a comparator which is a pretty robust comparator i mean let's be honest i mean eight grams of citrulline that's a high dose yeah i've seen i've seen products that have 10 but they're rare okay but eights you know certainly above average i mean i'd say average is anywhere three to six so we went a little bit above average, and uh, all the exact date, data and results. I think people will be, you know, generally uh, pleased with that. So I mean, you know, take care of that. But again, having Brandon on um, now, and uh, yeah, we're in the process of like, the, you know, the the quarterback to running back handoff. To say mm-hmm. a, sort of a Super Bowl metaphor like Tim and I handing off stuff. So it's going to take a little while before everything is completely smooth. Okay, certainly with our existing customers. People are like, well, who do I deal with? Can I still dip, talk to you, or can you? I talk to Brandon. What I tell everybody is, you can always call me for tech help. I'm always you know, going to help you out as a friend and a customer. But if you're going to be placing POs and going forward, you're going to have to do it through nutrition We want to. He's actually going to be storing our ingredient. Okay. So he's taking actual physical custody of in his warehouse. You know, and, and he's got a much better way to do it too. I mean, we, we do it by the old-fashioned way. It's like. Okay, let me go count barrels and see how much I have. Okay, yeah, I can fill your PO. This is a lot numbers we have first in first out, right? And then I have a warehouse guy palletize it, and then we make phone calls for you know trucking companies and and all that stuff. And uh, sometimes it's hard to track when your order leaves or where it is or whatnot. But he's got a, a much more uh, enterprise integrated approach where people can you know place their orders and you know find out the information. F- you know, from an app, so to speak, or from their smartphone, rather than having to try to track me or Tim, or or the past Hector down. Like, so mm-hmm. did my order to go out? Where is it now? Kind of a thing. You know, nobody wants to do those phone calls anymore. And right. you know, I'm I'm 54 years old. I'm not young enough where I can, you know, easily change. I mean, like I said, my my, if you my desk is all covered with sticky notes and and other notes. That's kind of how I live. And it's for me to change to something, you know, maybe. Better or, or faster or whatnot—it's—it's going to be hard for me to do. I mean, I still write paper checks, so I mean, yeah, right. So I mean, you know, this is true. Guys, there's this thing called checks or paper. I mean, back in the day, we used to, we used to pay people with them instead of like using like Zelle and Venmo and Cash App. But uh, so, so there you go. But it has freed us up to move forward a little faster with a couple of other pretty cool things that uh, we're working on. Um, so we've got this year. I'm hoping. That we could get uh, three, three. We were hoping to get one or two, but now that that we've got uh, Brandon on board, uh, hoping to get three items moving. A lot of this is going to depend on how fast USPTO moves, mm-hmm. right? I'm kind of at that at the, you know, I'm handcuffed by how fast they they review patent applications. That's another thing that uh, I've kind of insisted on, and um, and Tim's kind of insisted on. Hacker certainly insisted on is if we can't get intellectual property protection in the United States for uh, for the product. It's not worth our time doing it. I can have a really cool idea if it's not patentable and I spend $100,000 on it um, and I have the way to stop you from copying me, you don't have that upfront investment. To, right. You'll just be able to sell it for less. Additionally, if I've got 15 people selling the, the idea, it's a race to the bottom as to who can sell it cheaper and margins get compressed. Uh, and we lose control of it and, and whatnot. Um, and typically when that happens, two quality suffers mm-hmm. because then people try to figure out how can I make it cheaper because I got to sell it for less and, and, and it just kind of, uh, it devolves that way. So we've got a couple of things. Uh, one of them I've been working on for a long time and I made a huge mistake. I admit it. Um, I've been working on a group of stims since for like five, six years now. Uh, some people were lucky enough to sample it. You know, Mark Laser. I gave him a sample, some of the folks had samples. Mm-hmm. Everybody liked it. And I listened to some advice from some attorneys. I had about 120 um, unique chemical ingredients that kind of fell into this class that I wanted to cover. Because what mm-hmm. I didn't want to happen is, you know, I come up with one, and then some enterprising chemist says, well, this is very similar. I'll just tweak it a little bit and get around his patent. If I and you know, so I, I try to I try to cover, you know, well over a hundred, you know, compounds in this thing. Well, yeah. Well, unfortunately, the examiner is going to go through that one at a time. Yeah. Every, every time they find a hiccup, it slows things down for six months. So that's why I've been working on this for forever. So what I'm going to do is probably refile uh, very soon for maybe the the top five or six only, mm-hmm. okay. and the other ones. Um, uh, I'll probably so, so. I I I filed and I kept it hidden, you mm-hmm. know, public filing. What I'll probably do is make it public. That way, no one can patent any of those things because they're revealed in the public domain. And I, the five that I want, I'll work on. But yeah, some of them are pretty good. Uh, I hope maybe February, March, I'll be able to. Um, late February, early March, I'll be able to maybe talk to you, or like a Ben Green yeah. or a Mike Roberto or. Uh, uh, Ryan Buckeye or you know, you know people like mm-hmm. that, Shane, Lucas, and say, hey, you want to try it? Yeah. And you would be able to you be able to take it for a test ride, or at least sure. one, one of them and say, you know what, it's it's not DMAA, but it's legal and the FDA can't take it away. So and it's pretty good. So I mean those days are gone, but I mean it's certainly better than you know most of the legal stuff that's out there now. So that's yeah. what we hope to to get going. Um, we're working on, so I gotta be careful. I, I can't make any claims of, you know, that are things that are drug-like or, cured. sure. know, so we have a, uh, a unique take on a gut microbiome inflammatory modulating product, uh, that's a significant advancement uh, over anything that exists in that space right now. Cool. Really, really, uh, it's, it's a, it'll be a big deal, not for sports nutrition, obviously, although that will mm-hmm. probably be incorporated into sports nutrition formulas, but mm-hmm. the, you know, the gut microbiome segment of the dietary supplement market is really blown up. As you, as you know, it's really gotten to be, you know, enormous. Uh, there are some issues with it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some organoleptic problems that prevent a lot of these very useful ingredients from being incorporated into anything other than like say a capsule or a tablet. Uh, yeah. But we, we solved that. Uh, we've gotten around that. So uh, I think, you know, both Tim and Brandon are like, you know, push that one super duper fast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're working on. The other one is I've said this to other people before, uh, and collectively, industry just kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, don't care. Gee, what a surprise. Um, I don't believe there is any real di caffeine malate on the market.
0: Yeah. You market. and I have talked about that before. Yeah.
1: So I, I'm pretty sure that it's crap. Okay. About, so I, I can't say I'm 100% sure. Okay. But all the stuff that I've tested has turned out to be caffeine and malic acid that shake and make okay, which is, it's worthless, okay, well, it's not worthless, I mean, there's some caffeine in there, okay, Um, so, I mean, you get a little bit, but um, you cannot make a salt with caffeine, I don't know if you know that or not, okay, if you look at caffeine as a a molecule, it really won't salt out, even with, like, things you get, like, super duper, you know, negative charges, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't you can't make caffeine hydrochloride. On the other hand, if you looked at caffeine as being amphoteric, you couldn't even make like, like the zinc caffeinate. Okay. All the caffeine stuff that's out there now, uh, like caffeine phosphates and ester, mm-hmm. you can do that. But that- What about
0: caffeine citrate?
1: The caffeine citrate's a co-crystal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's not, it, it is kind of an ionic bond, but you don't get full proton transfer. Okay. Okay, so it's not really like a salt. There are if you look up um, co-crystals, you'll see a lot of antibiotics are actually co-crystals. Okay. okay. citrate is also a drug. Right. Okay. Nobody needs to understand this. Okay. Guys, if you put caffeine citrate in your dietary supplement, you have put a approved prescription drug that's used in neonate neonates and in, 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 in neonatal intensive care units to treat apnea in newborns. That's what it's approved for. OK, so you're going to get dinged for it eventually. And I know I know I, I think some people are like, well, the FDA doesn't really care about caffeine. OK, so, you know, it's, it's not going to really hurt anybody. And it's kind of innocuous. And, and my attitude has been the FDA doesn't care about anything until they do. <laughs> okay, right. Right. And, then, and then when they do and if you happen to be the one that comes across their radar, you're the one getting the warning letter or the visit from from the FDA. So uh, if you're using caffeine citrate and you're putting it in your dietary supplement, not a good idea, in my opinion. Um, if you're using stuff that's called di-caffeine malate, uh, I would be really interested. If so, this is just a, a, a an offer for anybody out there that's using decaffeinated malate. Um, contact me uh, and let's talk about how you're, you're you're doing product testing, like how you're doing identity testing. How are you testing the stuff in the barrel? as it goes into the contract manufacturer or the manufacturing facility, because by law, you have to do that. You have to identify what it is and how are you determining that you've really got di-caffeine malate? Are you even doing it? Cause I would be interested to know how, how, how you would be able to uh, you know, test that stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it would be very difficult to test for, you know, um, for di as a salt because it, I can't see how it exists. So right. you know, how would you do it? So, um, you know, if you were sold that material as an ionic salt um, and just, you know, you don't have the background to understand why it, it in, in my opinion, again, my opinion, it doesn't exist. You know, if you reach out to me and want to talk about it, I'll help your brand for free. Okay. I won't, I won't ask for, you know, my usual hourly rate or whatnot, if you're using it, and you're concerned that, Hey, you know, maybe I was sold the false bully goods for my brand. Um, I want to talk to this guy and figure out how I can test the material to make sure that it it's, you know, what's listed on the C of A, what's listed on the product spec and what's listed on the, you know, the SDS uh, this, just, just reach out to me and I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you out. And I think you'll be surprised. I mean, could I be wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, could there really be di-caffeine, malate as an ionic salt? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess. I'm just not seeing it, okay? So mm-hmm. I, I, it bothered me enough that I decided that I was gonna try to do something about it. So I'm working on some other um, things in the xanthine purine family um, that, that may be, may be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really good ones out there now, okay? I mean, you know, obviously, D- Dynamine and, you know, Theocrine are, are pretty good, okay? Yep. Uh, I know that um, – I can't think of his name. Darn it. Uh, that guy, Dr. Doctor Jägermeister, what's his name? The guy that did – Oh, Ralph Yeager. you you're talking about Parazanthine? Yeah, Parazanthine. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, nice to see that that there's more choice now. Okay, mm-hmm. there's that people, a, a, a different spin on uh, a caffeine metabolite. Okay, that, that right. people can, can at least theoretically incorporate, you know, into their into their product. So there's you know more choices usually you know better mm-hmm. for the you know better for the consumer. So you know uh, I looked into that a little bit. You know after the dicaffeine malate thing and after you know seeing paraxanthine hit the market, and I'm like, well, obviously there's there's room for more of these kind of you know, compounds, and um, there seems to be a, a few molecules that are, you know, deshea compliant or would be deshea compliant that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they'll work. Maybe we have to make them and, and see what they do when people take them, right? Maybe they're yeah. more potent. Maybe they last longer. Maybe the effect's a little less anxiogenic or whatnot. So that's going to be another one or another group of things um, that we're, we're going to explore. Mm-hmm. And we get some other long-term projects. Um, we, long time ago, we did some research with, uh, Dr. Doug Kalman, Mm -hmm. Hector and I did, and we had an interesting idea on how to put people into, uh, ketosis faster. Okay. And he actually did a little experiment with some like legit MMA athletes, like professional, you know, Doug, Doug floats around or used to float around that circle boxes and whatnot and the results were surprising and kind of mind-blowing but then the Hokito market sort of fell fell by the wayside right like does, does anybody even buy these products anymore right right uh, you know how many people are buying BHB salt products so we kind of you know on the, on the priority tier list of things to do is kind of followed by the wayside but that's something so when the Atkins diet comes around again, and becomes popular. We'll definitely want to
0: jump on that one. Yeah. Give it another 10 years or so. It'll be back in the limelight.
1: I don't think it'll be that long. I think you look at, if you look historically, it's been like every four or five years, people, you know, jump on like on the keto bandwagon. So in another three or four years when it starts to circle back and people, the new people start to discover keto and the the punitive benefits of why being ketosis is just the best thing ever. Um, we have a... Uh, a new take on a ketogenic ingredient that, you know, we'd like to see in that space. And there's a few other ones that, again, are, are, are a little bit early. Um, there's uh, a joint kind of ingredient now that has a, a pretty big disadvantage. It's – we use it. Mean, it works. I mean, it definitely helps people with, with jointy – I'm not going to use that word because of an eye. People, people who Akes have – aches and
0: cricks and –
1: yeah, irritations. Right. right, it's tough for them to move around, kind of stuff. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. The swelling. Um, <laughs> that's not a medical term. Uh, it kind of helps, you know, and it's it, it's a good seller. But there is a downside to it that it's it's like the the, the eight hundred pound pink elephant in the room. Like nobody wants to talk about this one downside uh, with with this ingredient. Uh, and what I want to do is try to mitigate that and say, well, you can still get all the same benefits but you won't have this this pretty substantial downside if you ask me so we'll be busy tim and i would be busy doing r&d and and brandon will be busy saying these guys came up with a really cool idea and uh we're gonna we're gonna keep bruce locked in his broom closet so he doesn't piss anybody <laughs> off or whatnot and, and and i'm gonna yeah you know that's just kind of how it is so um you know that's kind of we are where we are with that right now, I mean, so things are going along pretty well. I mean, things were a little tough for a while, obviously. You know, Hector's death uh put a significant you know stone in our path, you know, for a little while, but we're, we're wrapping that up. Um, we're um, we're keeping KLZ intact, mm-hmm. okay? You know, I mean, not, nothing's really going to change there, other than we're we're missing you know. You know, one of the, the three legs and yeah. you know, it's a big one to be missing. I mean, it's I, I tell everybody it's, it's really, really difficult uh, to discuss new ideas or, or 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 go over things. You know, now that Hector's gone, yeah. uh, it's tough. He, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, what was great about Hector was he was not only like brilliant, but he was like the nicest guy. I don't know. I don't know how much interaction you
0: had with him, but uh, uh, I wouldn't say a lot. But the few interactions so in person we got to meet, we've interacted in person physically uh, three times. I believe we've, we've gone back and forth over emails and text messages dozens of times. And He's been on the podcast once I had, you know, was able to had the privilege sure. of doing that earlier last year. Um, but I mean, I've known him and we've interacted probably since about 2017 when, uh, first came to the market. I was one of the ones that did one of the first real deep dives on price plow about that ingredient. So being able to converse with him and really, you know, kind of tease out all the little, little fun little details about that ingredient, uh, was a great privilege that I had. And just the fact that a guy with a PhD wanted to talk to some schmucky engineer that just jumped into the supplement industry was a, considered for me like a huge honor. I'm, and I've well, always felt him. That's
1: who it was. He never judged anybody based yeah. on. On anything, he took everybody, you know, as an equal. Uh, yeah. for, for me, being sort of a, a gadfly and a little bit of an eccentric personality, um, he never judged me for it, and he was always there. So, example, I could be sitting on my couch at eleven thirty at night, and all of a sudden, some amazing idea would come into my head. I, I you know, fire up my laptop. I go through PubMed. I would read as many, you know studies as I could. It would be 2 o'clock in the morning by the time I was done, and then I would call Hector. And he'd pick up the phone at 2 a.m., okay? And he wasn't, like, you know, screaming at me, like, do you know what time it was? He'd be like, yeah, so what are we talking about now? <laughs> and I'm like, check your email box, okay, for all these things. And, and then we'd be on the phone till 4.30 in the morning, and he'd be cool about it. Um, so, I mean, I can't do that anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't have him around. I really miss that. Um, he and I used to go for... It was supposed to be breakfast, but it usually turned into brunch, lunch, and last through dinner. Uh, we used to go to a place called the Turning Point. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a little chain of uh, restaurants here in Jersey that was kind of our spot. We'd go there once a month, and um, he'd always be late, and we'd always stay for three hours longer than we were supposed to. But <laughs> it was it was great. We would just go back and forth with ideas, and he was just, uh, in addition to being brilliant, uh, you know, and sort of a like a polymath, you know, uh, he was just the nicest guy too. So he, he's, uh, everybody says a, a big loss for the industry. I'm going to be selfish. I don't care. It's a big loss for me because he was my friend. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was, he was really a really good friend to me. And in an industry full of people that are substantially less than honest uh, and are, you know, snake oil salesmen, he was one of the, the rare gems that were like legit in, Everything was based on fact and research and whatnot and that doesn't mean every idea that he or I had was good it just meant that at least it was it was based on something that was factual that uh, or verifiable by a third party and you know I've right. seen other people that that don't follow that rule so it''s it's, it's really tough but I, I don't know about, about you but I think the industry in 2023 is in for a rough patch. I, 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 I sometimes watch Josh Schall's podcast mmm. I like Josh. He's I like Josh because he's he's like chipper and cheerfully optimistic all the time. Okay, and so whenever I feel down or bummed out about the industry, I'll I'll watch his podcast and I come away with a little smile. And I'm like, I wish I was as young as he was and as jaded as I am. Um, (laughs) I think I think in 2023 we're 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 in for a rough patch on a variety of 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 standpoints. The
0: economy's tough. um, You know. How is the supply chain? With everything, because I know you've kind of kept tidbits on it on and off. With, do you think it's getting better than it was in twenty one twenty two, or is it still around that same? What has to happen is we need stability, okay, Mm -hmm. and we don't have that. So initially, when COVID hit,
1: okay, and all these factories in Asia shut down, uh, there wasn't any more creatine, right? Right. There wasn't any more citrulline. The price, and it wasn't any more caffeine. So something like, we'll say, creatine monohydrate, which was stable, like. Four to four forty a kilo for years, about a decade, right? right? Suddenly became a twenty to twenty five dollar a kilo product, if you could even find it, right? Yeah. And then we had people that were adulterating it; they were, you know, taking creatine and cutting something else into it so they could have a bigger barrel and sell more of it. And the same was true for citrulline. Caffeine was problematic for the same reason. Plus, uh, the Chinese kind of clamped down on the process of how you buy caffeine, the permit you needed. I don't know if you realize this, but caffeine is a controlled substance in China. Oh, I did you not know, know that. that. Right. So you can't buy – you need a permit from the government to buy caffeine. Now, if you're going to export it, like if, if you're a company, you're going to buy it and export it, mm-hmm. and, and you can show them the paperwork that, okay, I'm buying it from the caffeine factory, and I'm going to send it to America. They don't really care. It's easy to get that. But if you're going to buy it and you're not going to declare what you're going to do with it, I think you're going to keep it and put it in our product for Chinese consumption, that's a problem. Because it's all but banned in China. I tell people this all the time. The only way you know this is if you've ever been to China. Pick up a can of any kind of cola product or a Red Bull or an energy drink in China. The caffeine content is tiny. And it's all like naturally sourced from guarana or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's no artificial, very little artificial caffeine in these products. The the Chinese government has decided that they don't want this to be something. And I understand why with their history of opium and whatnot. They're a little gun shy with it. But the yes. price of caffeine spiked uh, and then things came down. So what happened was when COVID got a little bit better uh, and they started opening things up again in China, both the factories and logistics-wise, the truckers, the trains, and the boats, mm-hmm. prices started to drop. So I remember for a while this literally got up to like $27, $28 a kilo. Right. And people like, we're well, we gonna make more of it. Well, they made more of it and the price cratered to like $10 a kilo. Well, now a lot of those places in China, because they they opened up the door, they let COVID birth with the country, the people that would be going to those factories, they can't, they're sick. So they can't make anything. Additionally, Chinese New Year, so they shut down anyway. So I think you're going to see, probably, you know, Q2, Q3, into part of Q4, prices starting to go up again for a while. Uh, so you get this whipsaw effect. Okay, yeah. I mean, let's use citrulline, for example. You know, if it's twenty seven dollars, you know, a kilo in October, but it's ten fifty a kilo in January, that's not good for anybody, right? Okay? Because I mean, if you bought it at twenty seven. How are you gonna get your money? You're gonna take a loss on any product that you, that you made, right? Yeah. So that's way too much of a whipsaw. The, the, that that sine wave is, you know, the the, the it, it's too big. So we right. we need to get that under control, or whoever's making it needs to get it under better control. Uh, you know, I I was talking to somebody yesterday about, well, you know, why don't you just put in blanket POs, right? You know, agree to pay a little more and say I'm gonna buy, you know, five thousand kilos a month at $12 a kilo for the next 12 months. That's great. The problem is, though, if it goes to $30 a kilo, the supplier is not going not gonna to honor my blank my, my PO. So the blank PO is only as good as the people that are going to stand behind it. And and unfortunately, if history is any guy, um, when prices go up high enough, they, they're they like, well, we're, we're not going to sell it to you for that price anymore. And if prices crash, of course, they still want you to, to buy it for the elevated price, but you don't want to buy it for them. You want to buy it you know, spot market, you know, spot buy it for less money. So that's right. not really the, the, the solution that uh, everybody thinks it, there is. There's got to be a better solution to it. Um, and I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, uh, the mortgage industry, the banks have figured to get around the the, the rise of, uh, of mortgage rates with like variable rate mortgages. Like let's say yeah. you, you, bought, you got a mortgage like years ago and it's a variable rate mortgage, and it was at three yeah. percent. Well, I mean, you might not be able to afford to jump to six; it might kill you. You might not really have the money to do it. So, right. they have found a way to like to get around that, like maximizing, you know, in a year, you know, how many points it could jump. Something like that might work. But somebody who's better at finance and smarter than I am needs to find a way to do that to stabilize things. I also think that, that people now, with the economy sort of cratering a little bit, a lot. I mean, we look; we're in a recession. I mean, you, you can hide it and say that we're not, but we're in a recession. Uh, I think people are buying less stuff in general and are being a little bit more cost conscious with with their dollar. So, um, you know, I mean, if they don't have to have it, they're not they're not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And um, stuffs. I don't think inventory's turning uh, on the shelf or or at Amazon even, right? The way that it, that it was before, in all aspects of life, not just our our little. Corner of the world, but right. specifically in our corner of the world, it, it looks like it's getting to be uh, a little rough. I also think, you know, I, I mentioned this when I, I was on, on Palumbo's podcast um, that I think a lot of these these companies are really overextended on their credit lines, and uh, when the credit when their credit terms get yanked, they're dead. Yeah. I mean, all these people lived on cash flow, not on profit. This the, the churn, you know what I mean? of right. cash in cash out. You know, I can't pay you right now, but I've got, uh, you know, and is be $8 million for, for inventory. So as soon as I get that check, I'll pay you off, and I'll get myself further. And get, right. But credit terms are getting tough now, especially with suppliers. Um, a lot of the raw material suppliers were before they might have said, you know, I'll give you a million-dollar credit line and 60 days to pay, are saying, hey, cash and carry. You can have as much of the stuff you want at this price, but you got to give me a check or a wire before you pick it up. Um, obviously, for a big company that's maybe used to buying stuff on credit, making 30, 40, 50,000 units or something, hoping they'll sell through it in 60 days and being able to pay that debt off, it, it's going to hurt their business because maybe they only have enough money, cash on hand to buy enough material to make 2,500 to 5,000 units. All right. Obviously, you know, even if they sell 5,000 units, it's not going to generate the cash flow that 50,000 units would. So I, I think we're, we're, we're in for a rough patch. A couple of segments have surprised me uh, and continue to surprise me. The energy drink market has really, really surprised me. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to the I guess it's the Alani New people that have Prime. Right? Is
0: that them? Oh, I have no idea. That's what I know. Alani New is, is huge. When I, when they first came out of the market, I thought, what in the hell is this? And they've well, who, blown who up. From from
1: the KSI guy, Jake Paul, and who's 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 doing it for them i i, I I'm, I'm stupefied i am yeah once again i mean I, how many times can i be stupefied before i learn my lesson i guess right but um and i was at the mall with my kids the other day and a store had a little convenience store at the mall had prime they were selling cans for six dollars the line was so huge for people to buy a can of prime and i'm like scratching my head i'm like you know, it's it's got in my opinion a you know a sprinkling of BCAAs in it, and it's got caffeine and some other stuff in it. It probably tastes really good. I haven't tried it. Uh, the can, the packaging is, is top notch, but is it really worth six bucks a can? You know, you know, I know in England they were you know they were price gouging for it too in the UK. So uh, these guys have really, for however, they managed to do it, have blown it up super duper fast. I'm sure they've gotten the attention of every other you know energy drink. Brand out there, but that market for some reason, or or that area seems to be expanding. You know, really rapidly, despite the fact that you know, apples to apples, you know, a a single unit is really, really yeah, that stuff there. I I mean, it's taking off. Yeah, that's what this
0: is when this first came across. I just for the, the Patreon community, I wrote this and it's a free article on there, and I just wrote, who buys this shit because it is exceptionally unremarkable. And excuse the plug on this, but I just thought, what? Yeah, Paul KSI it, right. So yeah.
1: some, somehow people, it, it, well, again, I, I, I habitually, I don't get it.
0: Yep, I, don't I, know. Don't,
1: I don't see, you know, I don't see the attraction of the product, even if it tastes really good. But not at that price. I mean, if it was $2 a can or $3 a can, maybe I would. But $6 for a single can seems to be, uh, you know, a bit high, uh, especially for what's in it. So I'm just a little bit surprised, but that whole segment is doing well. Look at rise.
0: Yeah. They're blowing up. I mean, ghost is still doing really well with ghost everything.
1: Amazingly well, I would say that ghost energy has far surpassed the, the other side of the business. Right. I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of transitioning more into a, a, a beverage company than anything else. And I can't, I can't blame Dan and Ryan for that because they the drink is taking off. But the thing with ghost, okay. Cause I've tried it. Mm-hmm. uh I mean it tastes really good yes it does okay. So, yeah. i mean i mean if, i mean they have really good products as far as flavor and, and smell go so uh I, you know i could see the attraction with them i, I don't think anybody does flavors and and scent and that whole thing as well as as ghost does other people come close but i think i think as far as that goes they, they've really you know they've got a lock on that segment of the market but again i just don't I don't see the appeal of it. But then again, when, when Jack first came out with Bang, I was scratching my head. I'm like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see the appeal of, uh, you know, a hyper-caffeinated drink that costs as much money, which goes to show you that, you know, I'm old and at least I can admit that I'm out of, out of, out of touch with, with, with that segment of, of the market. I, I don't get it. I'm trying to understand it and, and, and wrap my head around it, but I'm, I'm just not. But that seems to be uh, insulated from the economic downturn. I guess people are always going to want their their metaphorical cup of coffee, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the same thing as like why do people go to Starbucks and spend a ridiculous amount of money and a cup of coffee there? Well, because they do, because they're habituated to it, I guess, right? Right. Or or whatever. So, but Prime really took off just like out of the gate, like super amazingly well. I've been happy for those guys. Uh, I'm always happy to see somebody do something. I'm just you know you know start from nothing and make something hugely successful. I'm just kind of scratching my head as to
0: like you, like, you know, what's, what's the underlying appeal. Yeah. Why are people flocking to this? Because you, you look at ghost. Um, it's actually has fully dosed nootropics in there. The right. same thing with America energy. They are quality doses of proven ingredients and are scientifically researched backed ingredients. I'm going to say proven, but scientifically backed efficacious dosages of that.
1: Yeah. Correlated to do something that's tangible
0: that you can, there we that. go. Yeah. Uh, Prime and so many other energy drinks that sell like hotcakes. It's it's like you said, sprinkling of BCAAs and some other buzzwords and some caffeine, and that's it. There is nothing to it. And I just, I wish people would do more homework or something. And that's something, well, since I've gotten into this industry, that's been a, a thorn in my paw that I just, I don't understand. It's same thing with the hydration
1: drinks, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're basically like diet Gatorade. So if, if I've got something that tastes pretty good, I use a, a, a non-carbohydrate-based sweetener and I add in a little bit of a magnesium and a calcium and a sodium and a potassium salt. Now I've got a magical hydration drink that I can charge. I mean, it's basically Pedialyte, if you think about mm-hmm. it. I, I don't see the appeal. So uh, if, I mean, you're paying for packaging that you, you don't consume, right? That's, that's yep. what it comes down to. But yet there are there are companies that are like killing it and the hydration yep. market segment. And, and I, I always want to ask people that I haven't seen anybody with it in their hand anywhere, but I, but if I do, I'm going to say, you know, I'm just curious. Like, why did you buy that? Like, what was the, what was the, the, the thing that put you over the edge and said, I gotta have, you know, this thing, you know, maybe it was a direct recommendation recommendation a friend. Does it taste good? Do you think it's doing something for you more than something that costs a third of the price? I mean, you know, you know, that's that, but, um,
0: You know, I used to buy – I don't even think it's around here. Remember Powerade? Oh, yeah. That was what we always drank as kids and even at LSU because we weren't – Gatorade was a University of Florida product, and at LSU we weren't going to be using Gatorade, so we had Powerade for everything. Yeah, that's what I grew up drinking. Did they discontinue it? I just don't think it's very popular anymore. Let me see. I used to sell it. It was less money than Gatorade. Yeah, it's still around. I I can find it on the website. Yeah, they still got it. Well, they used to have – Ridiculous. They used to have these little 12-ounce bottles, right? Of mm-hmm. And it was like
1: literally where I am, like half to two-thirds the price of, of, of Gatorade. It was essentially the same thing. Okay? I would give that to my kids before they they, they, they would grapple, or after they would grapple, rather than just water, to give them right. a, a, a sugar, carbohydrate, you know, kind, kind of a thing, and they loved it. Um, but I, I did it because it was cheap. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm not going to spend four or five bucks, what it would be $10, actually, because I got two kids, a twins. I'm not going to spend $10 a day, six days a week, so they can have some, you know, Tony branded fancy schmancy, you know, garbage, garbage slash uh, hydration drink. They're, they're going to drink water or they're going to be drinking, you know, whatever the cheapest stuff is that has a little bit of, a, you know, mineral salts in it, kind of yep. stuff, Pedialyte. Generic Pedialyte, which is is fine, uh, and that's the same thing with like other stuff. Like, uh, you know, like sometimes people give me a little bit, little garbage. I mean, my kids take supplements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're ten, and there are people like they're horrified? They're like, I can't believe it. Like, you're giving your kids drugs. You get because I give my kids creatine. Yeah. Okay. I and I'm gonna give them a plug yeah. The only creatine that I give my kids is Mark Laser's and mm-hmm. I trust Mark. I've been yeah. to Mark, Mark's place, and Mark is an attentive OCD mother, you know what? Oh, yeah. you, you, you can like literally eat off the floors. It is in his his facility. I mean, it's it's that clean. So I mean, he's I, Mark. I love you, I really do.
0: But you're you're my most difficult customer to please. <laughs> be with you. I don't mean that a good one. I mean so. I, I, yeah. I, He's got high standards, and that's a great thing to have in an industry where there is such a low barrier to entry and low burden of proof for stuff. It's it's nice that people are willing to do that. And there's other ones there, but he's kind of been one of the the higher profile ones. He's really, really, um, look. So I'm, I don't get
1: paid to plug Mark. Just so everybody yeah. knows that he's just a friend of mine. I've known him for I don't know twenty years, whatever. You know, he's down the road for me. I, I have lunch with him every couple of months or whatnot. Okay, but you know, I've been to his place a couple of times, and it's just. I mean, there are places that are really good, and then there's, then there's you know, Bios facility, which is just like, you know, like, uh, I swear he's got a guy at night that just goes around polishing the floors, okay? I, he must. I mean, everything is super clean. Anything that's even remotely suspect or questionable, it goes in a dumpster. He doesn't throw it away, document it. I don't, I don't care. So, I mean, I, I buy, you know, they're my kids. I want them to have the best. So I buy my creatine monohydrate from Mark. I buy it. I don't get it for free, guys. Hint Mark. Um, so, uh, I give my kids uh, like a gram and a half of creatine a day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there are some reasons for that. There's a good study on creatine and uh, terminal linear height in kids. Uh, you know, uh, kids with a higher cre- creatine level are, are taller. I don't know if you knew that or not. Okay. Did not uh, know that. My kids are, I'm short, I'm five foot 10. My kids are super tall for their age. They've been getting creatine for about two years now. They're mm-hmm. growing at a, r- a ridiculous rate. Is it because of the creatine? Maybe, maybe not, but it's not going to hurt. The stuff's not toxic. And there are some other benefits to creatine. So I give them creatine. Uh, I pay a little more for that, but generally I'm cheap. I also buy muscle milk as their, their protein sources. You know, it's got MPI in it. I, I know everybody's way this, way that, whatnot. I, I don't think it makes that big of a difference,
0: to be honest with you. No. Uh, in the grand um, scheme of things, no.
1: No, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, the difference between, like, say, caseinate and, like, whey isolate, is, is not, it's, I mean, it's statistically significant in a study, but, you know, if, if you were to observe somebody who used caseinate 8 versus somebody used WPI for a year, I, I don't think you'd see that much of a, a difference in, as far as increases in strength and exactly. musculature and body comp. So my kids, get they get muscle milk uh, after they train. Uh, I would rather they eat a chicken breast, to be honest with you, but I can only give them grilled chicken so many days a week before they 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 shoot back like we don't want to eat chicken anymore because uh, they're because they're kids. So you know, you know that's that. But try to get back on a topic to the to the industry here. Uh, and any
0: any juicy stuff you want to talk about? Anything that, that's that's popping into your mind? Um, yeah, a couple of things with the the rapid fluctuations in citrulline. So you mentioned it went up as high as twenty dollars plus um, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, I heard from a friend in the industry. Uh, I don't know if he wants me to divulge that because that might tell him, his manufacturer or anything. So I'll just say a, a common friend, a mutual friend in the industry that we both know said that he was getting citrulline for as low as about $9 a kilo. I believe it within the past week or so. Yeah, um, it, it, I've, seen it, I've seen it as a 10. So nine is definitely feasible.
1: Yeah. You may have, so what happens is you may have a, a broker mm-hmm. uh, that bought a stupid amount of it. Okay. Hey, yeah. $27. It maybe. The price was dropping. That means nobody can get it. And yeah. they bought a bunch of it and everybody canceled their POs. They
0: just want to get some of their money back or they need money for cash flow. Right. So it's reasonable. I would believe it. Yeah. How does that affect um, 3D pump breakthrough as far as your stuff? Because that's a, a crucial component of the okay. trifecta so, of ingredients so that's in there. One of the things, and I don't mind making this public knowledge, Okay, is
1: we have typically tied – the price of 3D pump breakthrough to the spot price of citrulline. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if, if I buy it at twenty dollars a kilo, and the price next week goes up to thirty dollars a kilo, I get to make a little more profit, right? Because I'm I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna sell it to you at the thirty dollar price. Right. If it goes from twenty dollars to twelve, now my profits cut down a lot. Okay, so yeah. you know, that's kind of that's kind of how we do that. Okay. okay. Uh, our prices change. Um, quite a bit right now. I can tell you that there, it, it's a pretty good deal. Okay, we're 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 selling stuff. Not the absolute lowest we've ever sold stuff, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty low because the price of citrulline is low. Right. When citrulline goes back up again, the, the price of three D pump breakthrough is going back up too. Okay. So right. Um, I'm not like I said. I'm not the businessman. We're not Tim and I and Hector. We're not we're not the businessman that Brandon is. So I'm gonna let him handle how he wants to price it later on yeah. because he's our distributor. You know, he's he's much more savvy when it comes to finances and marketing stuff like that. So uh, he may have a better a better way to do it. But that's kind of how we've always done it. You know, I had just built in a a, a minimum profit, and it was pretty minimal, by the way. Uh, minimum profit that we we had to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, another rule that I have, you know, that I was adamant about was was not gonna ever sell it at a loss right? Mm-hmm. That was something I was definitely not going to do. And the other thing that is going to change, God, Brandon's going to, so I'm sorry, Brandon, man, I don't want to steal your thunder here. Um, so we never gave anybody credit terms, okay? Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of big companies uh, get a little pissy with us and say, you know, if you would only give me 30, 60 days to pay you, you know, I'll drop this humongous PO and I'll, I'll it was, They always dangled that big PO, right? Because they don't have to give you any money. Gee, if you, if you gave me 60 days, I could buy 30000 I could buy a million dollars, right? Uh, and I was always like, no, because if they don't pay, we're going to be out of business. You have to remortgage my house. So it was always like FOB, COD. Uh, I believe now that Brandon's taken over, he's managed to, or he's in the process of getting uh, like accounts receivable insurance or somebody to factor invoices. First of all, presented. So it'll open up the the market to the brands that were like, you know, part of my friend. Fuck no, he's an asshole. They won't give me this. No, I literally had, I get into arguments with people, you know, over that. They're like, you know, you're such a jerk. I'm like, well, I may be a jerk. That may be correct, but I look at your history and the companies you've been with, and you habitually screwed people out of money because they've given you credit lines. You've walked away and then blamed the company for it, right? Oh, it wasn't me. It was was the company I work for. Right. Um, right well yeah, right I mean, these yeah. guys look we both though a number of people in the industries that live large the private jet to dubai or cabo other company died they have a party and then they don't have money to pay their vendors okay well it wasn't me, it was a company i, I just worked there yeah but you're my contact there and i believed you so I, I don't believe anybody anymore uh and that's why you know i, I had one person you know, a really respected guy in industry said if you just eased up a little bit, you guys could go from being a, a seven figure company to an eight figure company overnight if you would just give some of the, the better people, the, the, the more reliable brands, a line of credit. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I can't lose what I don't put in the pot, so to speak. If for a right. before, I was unwilling to do that. But Brandon, uh, again, who's got better relationships and just better at dealing with this stuff, is. Uh, going to set up programs for brands that are credit worthy okay I mean mm-hmm. if you've got like charge offs on of your D&B report yeah it's probably not going to happen for you okay but if you're a legit brand that you know pays their bills on time and you want to use 3D pump breakthrough and the reason why you didn't was you dealt with me and said this guy's a jerk he won't give us any credit not only do you not have to deal with me anymore you deal with a much more pleasant nice guy and branded but he'll probably be able to offer you some mm-hmm. sort of credit terms providing you know uh, I think it's Euler Hermes maybe that he's the, the insurance company. They insure everybody uh, going through. So we'll, we'll, between that, between Brandon taking over and the ability to maybe offer terms as well as the study, which is, you know, it's, a, it's not a huge study, but 28 people is you know, bigger than the crappy little five or seven, 10 people study that everybody else does, right? Yeah. Uh, but between that getting published, I expect the ingredient to really uh, – you know it, 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 it'll grow substantially okay yeah. you know this year based on that you know it, it'd be easier to get you know as far as credit terms go uh, and you'll have a published peer reviewed study to back up why you're putting your ingredients okay and uh you know it, it, it sh- 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 would show you know it, it, you know Again, I can't really reveal anything. Uh, it'll it'll give you reasons, multiple reasons, why you would want to put it in your your pump product or your pre workout product. Yeah. So, uh, I'm also not going to reveal who who is doing this. Okay, I that was going to be
0: my next question. I was going to say, can you say if it's a CRO or a university? But if, we, if you just you just pretty much nailed that right there. So we'll we'll wait until it's published and then we can find out well, where it was.
1: I mean, a CRO did, did the study, okay? I mean, we didn't... I mean, okay. I had nothing to do with it, okay? okay. Uh, uh, other than, you know, paying for it, uh, yeah. right? Uh, but how do I... How do, the ink's not quite dry in this yet, so I'll be very careful. You're going to see a, a liquid version of 3D Pump Breakthrough being launched by somebody in cool. a RTD shot pretty soon. Okay. That you'll be able to just, yeah, and you know what? It tastes pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, we're just waiting to figure out how. Well, we figured out. We're just we're just going over some minor contractual issues. So they're they're gonna launch that. Um, and when he sees this, his the, the company is probably gonna like smack me for kind of revealing it. But I'm not saying who it is. Um, and if anybody else thinks that's a good idea, I just want you to know. Uh, this one company is getting an exclusive on it for 18 months. So uh, if, you think, if you think that, hey, you know, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I want to I wanna make a, a, a liquid RTD with um, 3D pump breakthrough in it. You can't because I promise this guy, he brought it to my attention. He spent a lot of money and time, you know, working all the kinks and, and bumps out of it. Uh, and the least I could do is give him a chance to take his idea and run with it and, and sell it and get a year and a half job on everybody else. So he'll be happy to hear that. I'm saying that publicly too, you know,
0: excellent. Um, one other thing I'd be curious about as far as the ingredient, I don't remember if we touched on this the first time you came on the show or not. And if we did, I'm sorry to, to bombard you with the same question again, but just for, we, we get new listeners and so they can, and some of these of are new brands that are coming course, on. Board. Yeah. Um, sometimes with certain ingredients, um, the, the people that license the ingredient to the contract manufacturers would prefer not to see set ingredients combined with other ingredients. Uh, the, the famous instance of this is the, the NO3T nitrates supplied yeah. by Thermolife. You know, there are certain ingredients that they don't want to see paired alongside their stuff for a variety of reasons. And that's right. That's their, they're right, their privilege because it's their ingredient. If you want to use our stuff, you have to honor our rules or our preferences for certain things. Um, for brands, like some brands use a little bit air, edgier, grayer things like New or stuff like that. Are there, or they use different pump ingredients or just something? Are there any limitations on what brands can do as far as wanting to put combined three D pump breakthrough with other ingredients in their products? Yeah. Do you have um, any kind of hard lines well, or anything?
1: The first thing, okay, you know, anybody knows me knows that I write prodigiously, okay, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, anything I write tends to be too wordy and too long. Our contract that we have with with people is lengthy, and one of the one of the covenants in the contract is, at all times, you will adhere to CGMP. You'll be in compliance with the law. Okay, uh, so if you're using any ingredients that are not compliant, okay, or the facility that you're making the stuff in is a dump, and they're not compliant either, I have the right to terminate your contract. Okay, so I mean, there may be somebody that might be using something they're not supposed to. I have the right, but not the obligation, to terminate mm-hmm. your to, to terminate the contract for being non-compliant with the with the, with the contract we have. Okay, mm-hmm. however, there's another covenant in every contract we have, and that is you agree to indemnify and hold KLZ harmless uh, in case you do something that is negligent or stupid. So I would say. Manufacturing in a way that is, you know, not compliant with CGMP is stupid and negligent. So if you do that and you get sued, you know, by a class action attorney, okay, and they come after me because my ingredients in it, I'm just going to hand a lawsuit to you and say, okay, well, you take care of it. Or worse, I mean, I get to pick the attorney and I'm going to go to New York and pick a thousand dollar an hour attorney that you're going to cover. Okay, so um, I would prefer that everybody do everything according to CGMP and 21 CFR 111, and also follow the various state rules or regulations because they have them too, and people aren't aware of that that, that, that either. Uh, I can't be Bruce the policeman, right. okay, uh, and police that, and I can't keep having the same arguments over and over again. Today's Groundhog Day, so coincidentally there are some companies that use ingredients that well, they work in facilities that I don't like. Okay. I just can't keep having that, that argument over and over with them. So I'm like, yeah. you do what you want, but you sign your, you're signed as a company representative, as you know, the legal signatory for the company that you would do these things. Okay. Just realize that I can pull the the, the rug out from underneath you. I usually don't, I don't need it as 10. Okay. Uh, but if something happens, it's, it's all on you, buddy. I got this piece of paper that says, you know, it's kind of sold as it is, where it is, and what you do with it, you know, is, is kind of up to you. Um, that said, if somebody did something like stupidly egregious, you know, high profile, dumb, okay, yeah. I would probably call them. I've done that before. I, I, I have behind the scenes called people, not just for my ingredient, but other things said people that I like. I'm like, you, you, you're putting your company at risk, okay? Yeah. Um, because I do some class action work as, I, as I've alluded to before mm-hmm. you know, people that are friendly with if they're doing something that that's not deliberate that they, that they, they just don't realize that they are not compliant I'll, I'll give them a quick phone call right. or okay like, hey, you know you might want to rethink this and here's why okay uh, but as far as 3D pop breakthrough goes yeah again I wish everybody would would follow the law or any of the products that we're going to come up with follow the law you, yeah. you know do what you're supposed to do uh, and you know you won't have problems like, you know, I don't think the FDA is ever going to be an issue for us because all of the constituents of 3D Pump Breakthrough are, you know, either old dietary ingredients or our FDA grass. I don't even mean, self-affirmed grass. They're like, you know, they publish in the Federal Register. Okay, yeah. We make 3D Pump Breakthrough at a facility that makes stuff for tons and tons of people. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's well known as, as, as you know, a kind of a halo manufacturing facility. So I don't think, so I'm not really worried about that, but yeah, I, I would, I would prefer that, but I will tell you something. You brought up a good point because we had a situation happen a couple of weeks ago and I want, I want to throw a warning out there to people. So um, and this happens to everybody because we, we, we live in an industry that it is what it is. Okay. We found out that somebody was knocking off 3d pump breakthrough. What they were doing okay okay so what happened was they were buying a uh a spray gly- sprayed on glycerol there's, there's various brands that make sprayed on glycerol and they were just putting it in a, a blender with citrulline and aloe extract and blending it themselves and they were telling brands hey you know we have a license to from klz to handle store and sell right okay um so how we figured this out was one of the brands that I was dealing with that, that we licensed to hadn't purchased any material from us in a long time. Yeah, And they were also sort of – another brand was sort of complaining that the product was really clumpy and impossible to stabilize no matter what mm. they're doing, right? Where uh, I've got a box like three feet in front of me that's been sitting there since October, open, exposed in the air, and it flows perfect. There's no, no issues with it at all. So We looked into it. We found out that a contract manufacturer that we have no agreement with at all uh, had been telling everybody that we had an agreement with them. And right, so yeah, so that's that presented a, a problem. Um, I, I, the old Bruce would have had them served okay right. and shut down immediately. Um, because it affects Brandon and Shore too. I, I kind of like. She said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to step aside and the new Bruce is going to let you handle it. Okay? And he did. And he resolved the issue. And uh, without admitting guilt, I think that the that contract manufacturer is probably now going to be buying the material from us. So we, we probably picked up another customer. So at, the, at the end of the day, um, the problem was resolved without having either side having to spend $50,000 in litigation, Everybody hating each other, okay, and uh, they get the, the benefit of being able to offer this ingredient to their customer base, and we pick up another customer. But yeah, I was really surprised to to, to, to see that. Um, you know, really, um, you know, kind of, I shouldn't be shocked in this industry. I mean, you know, people do shady stuff, right? Yeah. I was uh, this soon, this fast. I was really surprised to to see that. But you know that that was a uh, that was taken care of. So yeah, I mean that, that was a that was something that came out of the left field just kinda of like bonked me off the head, so to speak, and and it made me just sort of uh, you know, like like not again kind of a thing. I mean, <laughs> I've got two patents on this stuff. You can't even put the you literally can't put the three ingredients well, you can't put glycerol and amla extract in the same container for any reason at all in this country without our permission. Well, Timmy, yeah. Well, go look at the patents, the compositional patents, not methods. Okay. Wow.
0: Right. I didn't, wasn't sure how strict it was because I know before I had asked you, I said, well, what's to stop somebody from putting, you know, bulk citrulline with some bulk, you know, like Hydromax with, you know, 500 milligrams of Capros in there or something like that, which is you another... exactly what somebody did. Okay. okay. All right. You can't do it.
1: Okay. You can't put glycerol and, and AMLA together. Right. That's the part that's, that's patented. Okay. Uh, we added citrulline because it was convenient and we need there was some other technical proprietary reasons. Right. Okay. Uh, but the, the, the real magic is the, the, the glycerol, the the animal fruit. amla fruit's been Capros, believe it or not, from uh uh was it uh Natreon or well, nature So yeah. That was the original material we used. It was great right. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I for years, you know, I give I give Hector credit for this one. For years he would always like, you know, this stuff's really, really good. And I'm like, yeah, yet another herbal. And another, another, you know, polyphenol kind of
0: yeah, um, grapeseed pine bark, you know, it's all yeah. kind of rinse See, and repeat. Okay. Whatever you
1: say, Hector. Right? I just kind of because I'm like the anti-herb guy. I like pure compounds. You probably yeah. know that, right? And then he's like, just just try it, and I did, and my blood pressure dropped substantially. Because that's what it's pretty much. It's not marketed for that because that would be a drug, right? But right. but people take it to you know help control cardiovascular stuff. You know. You know, uh, diastolic blood pressure. Uh, and once I saw that my blood pressure dropped, I started really reading up on it. And then he and I had some amazing conversations uh, about, you know, uh, the gooseberry extract and what we could do with it. And um, it became like, I wonder if it has any kind of synergy with glycerol. And um, we tried that. We tried some other, other. Herbal extracts, true. Extra. We tried pine bark and, uh, you grapeseed extract, and
0: there's a few other ones. I think we went through, like, 12, actually. Believe it Pomegranate, probably, or green tea, or something. Some of those a other ones green, ones.
1: green tea is one of them we tried. Uh, right. uh, uh, a blueberry extract. Can, yeah, that's another good one. Right, pro-anthrocyanidins, or whatever they are, right? Uh, yeah. So we, we, we tried we tried a bunch of them, and the uh, low molecular weight, you know, uh, Hydrolyzed tannins that are found in uh, in the amla were just like head and shoulders above the rest. Especially when we added a glycerol, the I mean, effect was just like stupid dramatic. Mm-hmm. And, then, and Tim ran a little pilot study in his lab, and you know, using Adexa. You know, it's one thing if I look at it, and I'm I'm always going to be like,
0: yeah, I, I we invented it. Of course, it looks like it works better to me, right? But we have some of the independent. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, no, of course. That's why I, if I ever write something like a big thing, I try to send it out and get feedback on it and stuff like that. Which reminds me, I'm going to send you something when we get off here on the and I sent it to Hector a while back just for purpose to make sure I wasn't talking out of my ass on anything. And there's some you said you did some deep dives. I want, I want you to click well, through that. This is a heads up. i I want to
1: give somebody credit. OK, um, you know, Dan Pierce, mm-hmm. there, right? Yeah. He used to work with Kaspari. He, he's kind of a consultant to a variety of companies he originally brought that idea to my attention when we were at Kaspari back in like 2009 and 2010, Parazanthine. Really? Okay. Uh, and I kind of pooh pooed it at the time, and he, he didn't yeah. push it. That He's like, hey, we need a new stem. What about Parazanthine? And I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, 70 to 90% of the caffeine you ingest is going to be converted to it anyway. So, right. I mean, if it was cheap enough, we probably would have went forward with it. But at the time, Parazanthine was like
0: Ridiculously expensive, it still is expensive. Oh, yes, yeah, eight times the current caffeine price on average, based on what I've been able to hear from inside sources. Right. So, and so, I mean, nobody invented that molecule, it's not like a new
1: molecular entity. But I, I just remember Dan bringing it to my attention and then me trying to source it, and it was like, like, like stupid money, um, yep. to, to, you know, to get it. And we're like, is it really gonna just to have something else to label now? You know, I guess NNB and that group have done some some studies on it and show that there is potentially an advantage in a subgroup of, of people that you know have really bad anxiety from caffeine, right? The caffeine yeah. is, is known to be anxiogenic, and if that's you, uh, then maybe you want to look at the parazanthi. Uh, regardless, uh, I, I think that that Sean and Ralph and, and Kylan and that whole group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give them credit that you know they they brought another choice to consumers, and yep. regardless of the price, it's a choice. And you know what, I'd rather have the choice and look at it and say, you know what, I'm not paying that money for it, than not have a choice at all. So, right. I, I, I applaud them for for taking this thing and doing the work and and bringing it to market. Um, you know, as to whether or not it significantly offers more. than than caffeine to most people in the world, yeah, I I don't know enough about it, okay? Uh, You know, I I would say that there's a really small percentage of people that genetically just metabolize caffeine a little differently, and they get, you know, that really uncomfortable, you know, their skin crawls with it, especially it's worse of high doses too, right? You know.
0: yeah, it gets it gets dose dependently worse, the, you know, especially if you're one of those poor metabolizers of it.
1: Right, and, and it's not linear either, right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's more like you know, like logarithmic. So yeah. like you know, if you get like sort of angsty at 200 milligrams, 300 milligrams is not 50 percent more angsty. It might be like three times more like irritated and and what. So if they they manage to solve that conundrum for that subset of people, then then it's a good thing, man. It was worth their time and effort and. Right. You know, Improvement on what existed out there, too. Um, I guess my question again, this is going to sound like be like backhanded compliment and digging a little bit, and I'm really not. I'm just scientifically questioning. I'm like, would it be more cost effective just to put, you know, caffeine and theanine together than to right. use, which you get the same effect of, as you would of just using paraxanthine? Uh, I, I don't know. I I mean I have I have I don't have enough interest in it to, to go down that route. My route with with the the xanthine stuff is I'm so sick of hearing about di-caffeine malate yeah. and and whatnot that that really bothered me because yeah. everything everything from caffeine to creatine to citrulline I keep hearing about di creatine malate and you know citrulline malate which I think is complete crap too. Um, It just aggravated me to the point of like, why? Why would you? Why would you want to make? Why would you take like citrulline, right? Yeah. Why would you make a malate salt? So now now you're you're delivering less citrulline. You think about right? Per gram is less citrulline. Okay. Right. You you, you've replaced some of the citrulline with malic acid, which really doesn't do a whole lot. Okay. Um, The other issue is it's another step in the production process to, to make it salt at least one probably okay. several which adds cost people people are like well malic gas is cheap i'm like yeah it is cheap but labor and you know solvents and time in in, in the factory is not so I, I would challenge anybody that's say well you know citrulline malate or or malate is less money per kilo than than you know creatine monohydrate or just base citrulline uh and it is. It's sold for that. But I don't really think it's really bonded material. I just think it's shake and bake stuff. So, like, if I just it's took citrulline and malic acid and just dumped the powder into a hopper and blended it together, yeah, we can do that. That's pretty cheap. Okay. But it's not what it's being advertised for. So, this whole malic acid thing, I know I'm sort of obsessing over it, but it really, you know, it's it's like the, the hair at my ass kind of a thing. I just want to, yeah. you know, it, it really kind of irritates me. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it really is. Legitimately, an ionic salt for certainly could be with citrulline and creatine. You could definitely, you can make a malic acid malic acid salt of it. Although uh, I'm gonna be like, we'll break here. Like, show me why creatine malate's better than creatine monohydrate. Like, like I would like is anything better than monohydrate so far? I don't think so, right? So like, why bother? Uh, and as far as citrulline malate goes. It's the citrulline that's doing all the work, guys. If you think the malic acid is offering something, um, you know, uh, it's not. If people want to talk about like the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of it, once you put citrulline malate, assuming it was an ionic salt, into it into water,
0: they ionize. Yeah, immediately dissociates and they, it, they break it's apart. Not
1: immediately, certainly before you you, you you're drinking your right. right. Yeah. Beer, <laughs> right? It's, it, it doesn't last very long. It's not shelf stable. That's why you don't see citrulline malate in and any RGD, right? Because it would just immediately becomes citric acid, malic acid, and, and citrulline malate, or, or creatine, now, right? So, you know, unless you could sell me on some reason why that it's better, um, I would stick to plain citrulline and plain creatine and plain caffeine too for the time being. Although, like I said, I'm playing with caffeine and and and, and malic acid. I'm gonna say it. Okay, and I, I got an idea, and, and, and if I'm right about this, I, I'm not going to say other people's stuff. Everybody's wrong and everybody's selling junk because there might be one or two people that are not, but most people are selling garbage. The stuff that I'm going to be able to offer will not be garbage. It will be validated. It will come with a third-party C of A. It won't come with a you know a KLZ letterhead C of A. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be the underlying third-party lab that has no skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. They have no reason to lie. Exactly. They will show you it was tested and it, 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 it is what it's supposed to be. And then I'll start, or or I'll, or I'll ask brands to start politely picking up brands that are using that ingredient and saying, "Have you tried this?" And, and and see where they where they go with it. So that's yeah. uh, you know, that's that. I, I think that um, you know, like I'm kind of in the twilight of my career. I'd like to retire in the next, you know. A few years. Although I will say this, um, a lot of people were like, "These guys are just going to build up KLZ and they're going to sell it to a bigger brand and take the money and then, you know, go hang out at the beach." And that was something that I thought about for a while. I don't. I just don't think it's me. Uh, yeah. I. I think that that I'll probably be like, if I live long enough, I'll be like 80 years old, still behind this desk, still thinking of it. it you know. I, so K L Z will probably turn into like like an annuity or an mm-hmm. ATM for me. So it'll give me a stable monthly income, but I'm never right. gonna do a big chunk of change. For I don't really want to do that. I mean, yeah, it makes me a little bit different from every other company out there, right? Everybody wants to run up sales and have you know a private equity firm or a VC firm come in and buy them out, and then they can you know go be a philanthropist and pontificate on you know politics. I, I, I think that. You know, sorry, Tim. I mean, I think we're going to be doing this, you know, from the old folks' home, you know, while we're in Depends and, you know, eating our, our, our 4 o'clock early bird dinners.
0: Jello and pudding.
1: Right, exactly. It's, it's just uh, I don't think I'll, I'll ever be, you know, I'm just sort of coming to, to terms with that now. So, I mean, I'd like to see this thing this grow into, you know, like a, a, a big, novel ingredient house. I guess I would model it after – the folks at Nutrition Twenty One—they've yeah. they've done a really good job in what they've been able to do. You know, I know they brought in some money and some, some people to help them mm-hmm. out. But I think overall, they, 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 their, their model has been uh, pretty good, pretty successful. They've been able to bring some really innovative stuff to the market, which just goes to show you that there are people that say there's nothing new under the sun. Well, there is. You just have to yeah. work a little harder to, you know, to find it and bring it to market. Uh, I would like to see. I know this is going to piss off all the lobbyists from like NPA and AHPA and whatnot, but I would like to see the share rewritten. I would like to see a better definition of a dietary ingredient and a dietary supplement, one that makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, you, you've read that before, like something that to increase the intake of stuff or whatever it is, that that number five on the definition of a dietary supplement. It's like the, thing, the word, challenge. you read it over, you're like...
0: But generic amorphous, all-encompassing, no, you know, something so. they could use.
1: It's a, a something to increase the dietary intake of, of a person. So every time I read that, I'm like, the guy who wrote that was stoned. Okay, <laughs> had, had to be like, like, like completely like split out or drunk when they wrote. Yeah, that. and there are other sections of the, of, of, of the code too. So I, I would like to see that change too. Um, I hope I live long enough to see. The Shea repealed and replaced with something that's uh, more robust and more exacting, and mm-hmm. written by five different people and amended seventy times. Um, you know, I, I know now the big thing is NMN, right? People are talking about that, how with the IND problem and whatnot. Uh, you know, I like NNN. I think it's a great ingredient. Mm-hmm. I think you, you probably think it's a great ingredient too, right? Yeah, I, I think it, it should it should re- realistically become like. Like another B vitamin, right? Yeah. Like, right. It really, really should. Okay. Like, and you to be able to buy it like any other B vitamin. Right. The problem is, is, there's a drug company that filed an IND, and this was a problem. And uh, just so you, just so you know, a couple more than a couple years ago, maybe 17 or 16, there was a couple of Chinese companies were talking about NNN, and they said, "Can you find somebody to help us get this self performed across?" Mm-hmm. Okay. This is before the IND was filed with a drug company. Okay. Yeah. And I went around and I talked to various, you know, scientific and regulatory groups. And t- to get something self-affirmed grass will cost you anywhere from $50,000 to a half a million dollars. You probably
0: know that too. Okay. I knew it was expensive. I didn't know it was always almost oh, half a million.
1: Caratogen and you know NOL and all that all that stuff. All the studies. Yeah. On it. If, sometimes they exist already, so you just copy them, so you get to call that out. But if they don't, if no one's ever done it before. You, you need to be able to
0: each is fifty to hundred grand a pop, and you got to do a couple of those. Then yeah, it's it of part.
1: Right, right. So, like two companies that asked me about it, and I got pricing, and I got a couple of good groups. Actually, Doug Kalman in his last his last job had, had helped me out a little bit on on putting me in touch with people that could do this. But once I told them the price, they all backed off on it. And they're like, well, we, we don't want to spend the money. Well, yeah, well, neither do I. But legally, you have to. Okay, there's 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 an existential risk that you're going to get dinged. And they're like, yeah, but you know nobody's going to really care about this. Well, until they do, right? Right. And like until FDA did. And now these companies have invested a lot of money in production facilities and and, and got used to making. I mean, ethanol is expensive; it's thousands of dollars per kilo. You know yeah, that, right?
0: It's very like, expensive. Right?
1: And now you know, can you sell it or not? Well. I don't know, if I was a drug company that had the IND, I would go to court and stop you, okay? Um, especially now that I'm telling you that there were companies that were told, hey, they came to me and said, you know, we want, we, how do we get this thing self-approved as grass and I told you what to do and, and what it would cost and so you blew it off. Well, you, you would know that the law at your own peril. So there are probably a few other ingredients out there that sort of could fall into the same, you know, situation where mm-hmm. you know there may be an IND issue; there may not because those aren't public usually, unless the you know the third company decides to make it public. But they're, they're newer, uh, you know, dietary ingredients. But that that more than anything else will probably stifle innovation. There needs to be a way to carve carve that out. And um, you know, I guess what I'd like to see is like, like 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 a third or an alternative pathway for things to be. Something that is akin to a dietary supplement, maybe not quite, uh, but not regulated the way that a prescription yeah. drug is. Maybe, maybe it like an OTC drug. Maybe it needs to be a monograph or something. Uh, a perfect example of that is CBD. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the, the recent rumblings in FDA and yeah. you know the, the the histrionics by certain trade groups about you know oh, yeah. their stakeholders. Well, you invested your money in something that at the time was. Not clear whether it was legal or not. Probably illegal, and you were hoping you made a, a bet that it would somehow there would be a path to legalizing this. And FDA is saying it's not our not our place to do that. It's Congress's place to do that. Yep. Again, and you know my attitude with CBD and all the other we'll say stuff that's extractable from marijuana is we need uh, we need Congress to pass some kind of a, a set of laws that define that as something else because it's clearly not a dietary ingredient, dietary supplement, but that something else needs to be legal and accessible and maybe not held to the same ridiculous standard that a prescription drug is, meaning I don't need to go see a doctor to get my, my CBD soft gel or my gummy kind of a thing, or right. you know, my Delta-8 or or, or or whatever it is. So, um, you, know, I, you know, I like to have other people saying, oh, the the, the FDA can make exceptions. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I guess they did that with uh, acetyl 16, right? They, yep. they, they, they're, we're just not going to enforce it. I don't know. I, I think every time, if, if you get in the habit of making exceptions, they become they're not really exceptions anymore. They become the rule, right? Correct. Cool. Exactly. That's the danger. So I'd rather have I'd rather not have to risk it. I'd rather have a set of laws that are pretty cut and dry, okay, mm-hmm. that everybody can follow and not have to say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm not sure and I hope that the the regulatory body that's in charge of it at the federal level is going to car voted exception or not or, or or you know use prosecutorial discretion and not come after me for it so right you know i mean you know i you probably know better than i But tbd is going to be what like a five billion dollar a year industry now
0: it's it's a lot it's cooled off a little bit to what it was maybe three years ago when it first blew up on the scene but it's still raging right now yeah uh, we're not i'm seeing it as much in sports nutrition but the, the average individual, I think, is starting to see it more because like the, the people that are supplement nerds like we are, we knew it was have seen it for a couple of years. The average individual, especially those Delta 8 or Delta 9 gummies, those are starting to take off a lot in uh, retail shops, too, because there's a little you you talked earlier about, you know, just you're in the mall and you pick somebody's brain and say, why are you buying this? I do the same thing There's a, a burger bar. I'll go sit and work at a couple of times during the week um and i've gotten to know some of the, the the food runners or the bartenders there and i'll say well why are you buying that energy drink or what makes you buy that it's the same thing you said they like the thermogenic feel of celsius or they like that it says clean on the clean energy cane because they're under some conception that yerba mate or guarana is better than natural caffeine or you know caffeine and hydrous and all this stuff, or they say, well, my girlfriend bought it and she likes the can. So that's, that's why we have it. And, you know, it's one, it's one of those kind of issues. And so I'm, I'm not hearing much about regular CBD, but it's more of the uh, the Delta eight or Delta nine. I forget which one it is, but those gummies are are popping at least in the, the Austin area.
1: So I'll give you my spin on that. Okay. Um, I don't like THC. I never did. Okay. Like the first time I smoked a joint, I hated it. Yeah. Okay. I got really slow be down, maybe dumb. Okay. Yeah. I was looking to eat all kinds of things that I never would normally eat, at the lunch. <laughs> okay. And the next day I had that sort of like, you know, hangover effect where mm-hmm. I just felt stupid for it. I just thought, I guess I didn't see the appeal. It hit me differently than I guess most people, I suppose. Yeah. But I didn't see the appeal of it. I have tried the Delta Eight. Yeah. A lot of people call that like marijuana light or, or THC light. Yeah. Okay. The, Euphoric happy feel that you would get from THC, in my opinion, is still there. It doesn't last nearly as long. So it's sort of a four to six hour experience. But when it cuts out, I'm not brain dead. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think, in my opinion, the Delta 8 is superior to a regular marijuana or THC. So I would love to see safety studies, which I don't, I don't know if there are any. I, I would like to see some Stacy studies and some other studies done uh, on the acute and long-term effects of Delta-8 and, you know, find out what an appropriate dose is, okay, because, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a useful product. Um, it definitely has helped me out with some chronic pain issues that I've had, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if my back is, like, killing me, okay, you know, a small amount of a, a half of a Delta-8 gummy, and I'm not wasted, but my back doesn't hurt anymore. So it's, 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 it's useful from that perspective, I've never gotten the same kind of effect from CBD that other people mm-hmm. do. But with the delta, yeah, I've never gotten it either. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never really felt much from that. Uh, I've tried other cannabinoids like uh, OEA and, and PEA. Yeah. Um In high enough dosages, they will kill pain too. Okay, but it becomes not really cost-effective where delta eight is, you know, really, really inexpensive. I know, I know that they, they charge a lot for it at the the head shop or the shop at the mall, but it, it's, it's really cheap to make those gummies. Uh, you know, that's something that I think that I, I, I hope they don't ban it outright and name that in some, you know, controlled substance, that kind of a thing. Uh, I hope that, it, you know, it goes forward by the same token. I would like to see the other ones go forward, even though they maybe don't necessarily do anything for me. Uh, I would like to see some of the other oddball uh, cannabinoids somehow have a path to being, legal inside even if they're not called dietary supplements we could split here's what we're gonna what the nomenclature is going to be right as long as they're going to be available to adults over the age of 18 in small quantities like i don't want to see somebody be able to you know walk off with a kilogram of the stuff right he, that'd be bad okay but if you could buy a, a little bottle with six gummies in it or you know an edible and you know it takes away your pain or it makes you feel better or you had a rough week and you just want to chill out on the couch and, and fall onto the couch. So this, or yeah. you get bad insomnia and it helps then, um, you know, I being sort of a libertarian, I th- think there needs to be a, a pathway for that to happen. That pathway, in my opinion, is not to Shea and 21 and CFR 111. And I know it's going to aggravate some of the folks that are going to see this, but I, 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 you, 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 to, to, to have your cake and eat it too thing is definitely kind of, you know, Coming to light here. This is what the definition is. The definition is. These are the rules. As crummy and shitty as they are, these are the rules. If you don't like the rules, amend them. Change them. dump. That's why we do that, right? We have amendments to laws. or laws get repealed or changed. Because at the time, they thought they were good, and maybe they had unintended consequences, or somebody had a better idea. I, I think there are unintended consequences to the Shaya, and I think anybody that really thought about it could come up with a much better idea. And you know, I'm not going to apologize for taking that stance. I'm also of the same opinion uh, that our folks in Canada are. On. We need uh, mandatory product listings for everything and sold as a dietary supplement. You may not agree. You may say, "Oh my God, this would be horrible." You know, this would be terrible. Well, you know what? Um, if you needed a, a barcode or a QR code on the, the side of your label to show that your product was Approved somehow by FDA or some other regulatory body, and that everything inside of it was legal and dosed the way that it's supposed to be the label and was made in a facility that is compliant, okay? Um, then it's worth it because there's too many bad players. And, you know, the whole idea that we can police ourselves has totally failed because there's still crap on the market that shouldn't yeah. be on the market, okay? Um, the response that I get from lobbyists, you know, and, and people who think they're bigwigs is, you know, FDA can't even police the industry now. They get too much to do. They're doing a horrible job. Yeah, that's right. I don't expect FDA necessarily to police a mandatory product listing database. What I do expect is that Amazon will.
0: Yep. Right. So, PayPal, what happens? Shopify, all these big processors. Oh, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, if, if you're a scumbag, and you're trying to sell stuff that's shady, and you don't have an MPL, barcode, code, QR code, number, registration, okay? You will not be able to get your stuff listed on Amazon. What percentage of, of sales does Amazon do in, in the dietary supplement industry? Where do most searches for dietary supplements start? So if you're not on Amazon, you really, can you still sell it? Yeah, you could sell shady stuff at brick and mortars. I, I mean, I walk in an aisle and I see SARMs, and I even see peptides that are injectable, okay? I'm like scratching my head, okay? Uh, th- there's always going to be that market. You're not going to eliminate all the bad characters, okay? But what you'll do is you'll you'll make it difficult for, you know, a 17-year-old or a 60-year-old with mom's credit card, okay, yeah. or an Amazon Prime account to get it in a nice little box delivered in, in two days. So yeah. if I could get rid of 85% of the bad actors, I would take it. So that's kind of how I feel about, you know, about that. So we've sort of been all over the place here with this. I apologize. Again, my no, hair, I love it. I'm a little bit bloated from the 20 milligram of the premise. I probably look like a big fat monster here because I'm carrying so much water because of my ear. But um, you know, I, I, I think that um, it has definitely affected my, my mental faculties a little bit too. I'm a little bit out of it, believe it or not. Uh, I'll believe it for sure. Uh, but, you know, that's you know, that's kind of where we're going with KLZ. That's kind of how my take on the industry is. I hope I hope to be around, you know, like I said, doing this um, for, for a while now. Things have definitely you know changed. Um, I'm glad that we brought on uh, Newfordshire and Brandon, okay. I'm, I'm, he's the right guy for the job for sure. Uh, and uh, as soon as the study's published, I'll definitely send you a link cuz okay, 'cause I'm sure you'll definitely want to see that. I got I told Ben Kane he'd be first. Okay, but I can put you all in the same email and then technically you're all first, right? <laughs> well he'll you can list him
0: first in the two section and then you can put me in our, our a oh, yeah, right, yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you to get a you'll get a PDF of, you know, when it's you know, when it's published online. Uh you you can see that. I think you'll be I don't think you'll be surprised. You might not you had to go, Okay, yeah, I, I you know, there is something here. Okay. There, there, there is a reason for it. And, and, and it is, you know, something that, you know, brands may want to put into, into their product or maybe not. I mean, there are some brands that don't put really anything but caffeine and fairy dust into their stuff. Um, you know, so that's that.
0: Cool. Awesome, Bruce. I think that's a great way to put a bow on this podcast and uh, I really appreciate the time, my friend, this was great. I love how we, we always go all over the place the few times we've been able to do this together, but we always kind of circle back to where we started and uh, that's what I love about the podcast. It's it's free form. I don't have a list of questions where, and it sounds very stilted and like a you know an interview on a news program where you have a commercial every seven and a half minutes. I, I love the free flowing conversations that we kind of go over whatever tangents and rabbit holes we go through. So you know, thank you for your time and knowledge, and uh, keep rocking everything with the hey, LZ. It,
1: it's definitely a pleasure anytime, buddy. And if you have a comment on the list, feel free to ask them too. Will do. I appreciate okay. it, Bruce. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.